With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. everyone, welcome to the Bolts Broadcast, a brand new hockey podcast all about the Tampa Bay Lightning as a part of the new Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Mike Mitchelson and joining me today, Chase Groshaw. How you doing today, Chase? Doing pretty good. Uh, it's been quite the last few days in, in the hockey world, so we're, you know, we're going to talk about that. I'm excited. Oh yeah, there's definitely been a lot of shaking up to do. So today we had planned a trade deadline preview. We still got that planned, but... A lot of our talking points are kind of already out the door, but we'll talk about those coming up here. So we'll first hit a little bit of a news segment, and then we'll talk about a lot of trades that have gone down in the last four days, and then we'll do a trade deadline preview, even though it already feels like it's a trade deadline with how many trades are happening right now. Yeah, it's been just like insane, you know, a lot of names that were like rumored to possibly be traded have have been traded already. Uh, there's a lot of trades for us to talk about, so it's, it's going to be interesting what our trade deadline like actual preview entails. Yeah, most definitely. All right, Chase, let's now first go over some news. And first off, we talk about some Tampa news, of course. And uh, you wanted to talk about McKinnon's big hit on Andre Pilat. I did. So this hit. Oh my God. So McKinnon's just kind of standing still the blue line. Uh, thumbs buck in the zone, Palat's coming at him, uh, hits him, like, looks like he's going to be hitting him at full speed, and McKinnon just steps right into him and demolishes him. Perfectly clean hit, perfectly good play. Uh, you know, the, the boys come to Palat's defense, try to, you know, go uh, kind of jump attack McKinnon, you know, chaos ensues. Uh, See, I, so I, I, I like the fact that, you know, the, the team's standing up for each other. Uh, you know, Palat was kind of hurt on the play, so you're standing up for a hurt teammate. But at the same time, I've never been a fan of going after someone for a clean play, a clean hit. No, it's perfectly clean play, and then you're going to try to jump a superstar. I don't know. That, that was a little garbage to me, but at the same time, like, it makes me feel good about this team going into playoffs knowing that they're sticking up for each other. Yeah, I feel you there. And with McKinnon, I mean, like you said, he's a superstar. So if we're going to jump him, you know for a fact Colorado is going to be coming right back at us. So it was a little a – little, I don't want to say risky, but maybe not the smartest thing to do to go after their superstar because obviously they're going to be coming right back at us, uh, maybe even harder because it is their captain, their superstar, Nathan McKinnon. But uh, yeah, it's nice to see that we have a little bit of grittiness in our game and we got a little bit more in the last couple of days. We'll talk about that in a little bit here. Uh, Next up, we got Bruce Boudreaux has been canned. Yeah, so this is a change that 
like you kind of saw coming. Kind of sucks. Uh, you know, like, but Bedro Bedro is a really good coach. Like, don't get me wrong. He I, he's a really good coach. He just like he had, he had a terrible roster with him. Uh, you know, just not a lot of talent. So you kind of expected this trade to happen. It just sucks. You know, we talk about all the time how like the same like thirty five coaches just keep getting chances. He's gonna get another NHL job. I can almost guarantee that. I put money on that. So we'll see him back in the NHL coaching sometime soon. Uh, you know, it just sucks he was in that situation in Minnesota. Yeah, there's. I don't think there's really anything any coach could do there in Minnesota. A lot of uh, unfortunate pieces over there. You know, Jason Zucker got traded. I talked about that in last Thursday's episode. That's one of their best players getting shipped off. Um, you got Ryan Suter and Zach Parise still there who have definitely aged quite poorly, still making those big deals. So the GM can't bring in any stud pieces to help Boudreaux out. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't see any success coming to Minnesota anytime soon. Yeah, me neither. They, they, they got a lot to do. They got a lot to rebuild. You use this offseason, this draft, and the next one kind of, you know, retool. They got some good prospects in the system. You know, once Kaprizov eventually comes over, which – Hopefully, will be this summer. Uh, Matthew Boldy is looking like a very legit top six NHL prospect. So, you know, the, the, it's in decent shape going forward. It's just going to be a couple more years of disappointment. Right. Now, last pieces of news, Chase. We've got a couple big injuries that are really going to impact their teams. Yeah. So, first, we'll start with Eric Carlson, done for the year with a broken thumb. Uh, a broken thumb, like, even with surgery, like there's a chance he could probably still play this year if the team was in a playoff push, but they're not. No, no point of you know you spend you know like eight figures a, a year on this guy. No, no need to try to rush him in when there's no need. So Carlson done for the year. Brock Besser uh, is looking to be done for the year in Vancouver. So Vancouver you know takes a big hit there. They're a, a team that's going to be pushing for a playoff spot. Should be a playoff team. Uh, you know they've been riding the backs of. Jacob Markstrom, Elias Patterson's been great. Quinn Hughes has been an awesome rookie. So we'll see what happens there. And then the final injury happened against our Tampa Lightning, actually. Uh, Nico Ranton, he's out six to eight weeks with a broken collarbone, clavicle, one of the two, kind of the same thing. Can't remember right now off the top of my head. But, you know, that, that's a tough hit for Colorado. It was kind of a, it was a really bad defensive play by Cernok when he tripped him on that play. I don't know what the hell he was doing. Uh, but I, either way, tough blow for Colorado. Yeah, most definitely. And Colorado, Vancouver, like you mentioned, uh, pushing for the playoffs right now. So those are definitely going to be some tough hits to try to, uh, you know, rebound off of. Vancouver has already made a move uh, in the last four days to try to help that situation with Besser going down. Uh, Colorado has not done that yet. We'll see if they do. Uh, but that's it for our little bit of news talk right now. Now we're going to go over some of the trades that have happened. Uh, so first off, we talked to, or I talked about the Jason Sucker trade last Thursday. Chase, I'll get your opinion on that in a couple seconds here. Uh, but since the Jason Zucker trade, in the last four days, there have been nine completed trades in the NHL, which is kind of insane. It's anarchy, like honestly. It's I I know we're getting really close to the trade deadline, but usually you know you'll start seeing deals like the day before or the day of the trade trade deadline, not a week before, not two weeks before. You know, it's just it's been nonstop. But you know, I love to see it. Yeah, most definitely. The trade deadline is this Monday. What is that? The twenty third, twenty fourth, fourth. 
24th, February 24th, this Monday, the trade deadline. I know, Chase, you'll be watching. I'm probably going to have to skip some of my classes. Don't tell my professor. Um, just to watch the trade deadline. So uh, make sure you guys tune in. But honestly, it might not be one that is too impactful as a lot of trades are going down right now. But Chase, in the last episode, in the last Thursday episode, I talked about the Jason Zucker trade. And basically what I said is right when I saw it, I was not a fan. I thought Minnesota got the win easily in that one. But as it kind of settled in, started to grow on me, I thought, okay, it's not that bad actually, especially if Jason Zucker helps the Penguins get far in the playoffs, maybe even wins the Stanley Cup. Pittsburgh's going to win that. As of right now, I still have Minnesota with a slight edge, although I don't think it's as bad as what I thought when I first saw it. You know, this type of move is something that we've seen Rutherford do many times in his tenure in Pittsburgh. Uh, they've gone on to win multiple Stanley Cups underneath him. Uh, this type of move, sure, it sucks you're giving up the, you know, that young talent and you're giving up that first-round draft pick. But at the end of the day, it'll be a late first-round pick. Callen Addison's a great prospect, and Galchenyuk is just, you know, he's been struggling his whole NHL career. All that for Jason Zucker might seem like a little bit much, but for a team that is trying to milk as much out of Crosby and Malkin as they can for the next couple of years, because they're going to start declining at some point, uh, it, it's a trade that makes a lot of sense. It's it's a trade that like kind of adds a little bit of depth scoring, a good two-way game, good skater. So I'd, I get, my first knee-jerk reaction was like, gee, that's a lot of value. But yeah, it kind of said, like, you know, you really think about it and it, it, it begins to make sense. Yeah, most definitely. All right, Chase. So February 16th, that was Sunday. We had two trades go down that really kicked off this big week of trading. First off, we'll talk about the one between New York and New Jersey. New Jersey sent Andy Green over to the Islanders, and coming back was David Quenville and a 2021 second-round pick. This one was a surprising bit of value to me. So – Andy Green is a shell of what he used to be. He's a f- fine sixth defenseman on a team in my eyes. You're not, you can't really ride him. He's an older player. He's got that leadership experience. Sure, he'll be a good guy for the locker room. Be a good guy come playoff time. Like he's not really providing as much as he's, he's not even near providing nearly as much as he was even like five years ago. So a second round pick and David Quinville's not much of a prospect anymore. So that's that's just kind of like a little throw-in for a guy here. He might work out, but the second-round pick it, it seemed to be quite a bit for me. But the Islanders think they can win it this year. Then I guess you got to go for it. I agree with you. I think this is a little too much that New York is sending over to New Jersey just because the Islanders are already one of the best offensive teams in the game. So why add, like you said, a fine sixth defenseman? You know. Why not add a little bit more offense or uh, if you're really not liking some of your defensive players, add someone that's a little bit better that is available, like Alex Martinez, who, again, we'll get on to. But at this point, Alex Martinez was still on the block. Uh, You add Andy Green, who, honestly, I would not be surprised if he gets healthy scratched in, like, the playoffs. Yeah, it it wouldn't be the furthest thing, especially – with an outer's blue line that's, you know, like healthy, good to go. Like it, he could be a guy that's kinda on the verge. Uh if I believe it was it was Pelich, I think Pelich is who got hurt for the year. If if that Pelich injury didn't happen, I don't I don't think this trade would have happened though. 
Yeah, a little bit too much for both of our tastes. But now we move on to the next trade, and this involves our Tampa Bay Lightning. So our Tampa Bay Lightning bring in Blake Coleman and send back the first-round pick that we have from Vancouver and Nolan Foote, our first-round selection in this past draft, and brother of Callan Foote, Tampa Bay, no longer have two feet. They do not have two feet, and saying they need trick reaction, wow, that's a lot of value. But got to remember where this Tampa Bay team is. The Tampa Bay team is 100% win now. Julian Brisebois, John Cooper, they're win now. Because if they don't win now, John Cooper very well might get the can. If Brisebois doesn't help bring teams to success in the next couple of years, he might get the can after just a short tenure. So this is a trade where Blake Coleman is incredibly cheap value, less than $2 million. He's he's producing at a, at a pretty high rate this year. Uh, he's been a really good center for the Devils uh, this year. He can play a little bit on the wing, too, if you need him to. We'll see where he fits in with our Bay Lightning. But as I said, you know, he's been providing good offense, 21 goals, 10 assists, 31 points through 57 games to the Devils this year. Uh, if, if we win the Cup, then obviously no issues. If we don't win the Cup, uh, it depends if he's still around for next year plus more. So it sounds like you are taking this trade similarly to the Jason Zucker trade to Pittsburgh, and I completely disagree. I think this was a bad trade, honestly. Uh, Blake Coleman, sure, he's producing a little bit, but he's playing a much bigger role on that New Jersey team than he'll have over here with our Tampa Bay Lightning. And giving up a mid, maybe early 20s first overall pick is tough, but also getting rid of Nolan Foote, who was our first-round pick this past season and is doing well right now where he's playing, I feel like that's just way too much. And I saw, I don't remember if it was Bob McKenzie or Pierre LeBron, one of them said that you can attribute this much value because of the contract. Blake Coleman only has one more year after this year at under $2 million, and that's not something that I think is crazy. Like, I, I consider Blake Coleman a good third-line defensive forward on our Tampa Bay team. I think that the value given up here for Blake Coleman is way more in comparison to what Pittsburgh gave up when you're getting back Jason Zucker. I think Jason Zucker is the better player, and I think the value is pretty similar. I'd rather have Blake Coleman for a player from than Jason Zucker, personally. Gives you the versatility of playing him on the center on the wing. You're going to play him. You're, you can play him power play, penalty kill. You can play him in any situation. You can do Zucker, same thing situation, too. But Blake Coleman's got you know less money, which gives Tampa Bay a position to make another move if they want to. Pittsburgh can't really like make like much more moves. Like if say like if this exact trade would happen, but it was Zucker instead of Coleman, you know, there's a three and a half million dollar difference pretty much when it comes to salary. So like this gives Tampa the ability to make another move, and I would rather have Coleman for a playoff run than Zucker right now. So I don't have a problem with the trade. That's interesting. See, I'm looking more. Uh, overall, not specifically at our Tampa Bay team. And Zucker provides a lot more offense than Blake Coleman does. I know you mentioned when we were first looking at the trade that you think Blake Coleman brings a little bit more of a physical game. And I can agree with that. And sure, Tampa Bay could use that. But when I'm looking at the overall player, not best fit, I like Jason Zucker a lot better. So this may fit for our Tampa Bay team, but if it's not a Stanley Cup, it's a huge bust of a trade in my opinion. It's a, it's a huge bust of a season, I should say. 
Because well, last year was a huge possible season too. So well, yeah. So if if this doesn't put us over that that hump, doesn't get us the Stanley Cup, then you know the coach is gone. This trade was not a good one because although yes, Blake Coleman will still have one more year with us next year, I think that this de- or this uh, draft, excuse me, is incredibly deep. You can get a great player with that pick. And then Nolan Foote is looking like he's projected to be a top six forward who can be better, have a higher ceiling than Blake Coleman. I don't it, – it's, it's Stanley Cup or bust at this point. Well, yeah, obviously it's Stanley Cup or bust. And like when, when you're a, a good team, like you have to give up young prospects who have a higher ceiling than the guy you're trading for. Like that's, that's how it's going to work. You, like you, you have to take that chance. And like this is a trade that – this is the type of trade that – Stanley Cup winning teams make. It's the type of trade that the Penguins have made every year that they've won a Stanley Cup. So it's a trade that I'm fine with Tampa Bay taking the chance on. I wonder if this was the first trade before the Jason Zucker trade, if your thoughts would be any different on it. Because I I don't know. It's just way too much for me. It's way too rich for me. No, well, it's because I had the same knee-jerk reaction to the Jason Zucker trade. I was like, oh, that's a lot of value. And then you like, think about it a little more, and then you remember that this is a team that's trying to push for a cup. I had the same, like, it was the same exact reaction that led to the same exact rationale. I just, like, I think Blake Coleman is a better get for a playoff team right right now for this year. That's interesting. We'll see how it pans out. Hopefully it pans out well. Uh, next up, Chase, we move on to February 17th. That was this past Monday. Uh, only one trade happened here. It was between Vancouver and L.A. Vancouver brings in Tyler Toffoli. This will help them with that Besser injury, and they send back to L.A. Tim Shaler, Tyler Madden, a 2020 second-round pick, and a 2022 conditional fourth-round pick. This one was a this one was was too much for me. I, I like Tyler Foley's fine, and but I say big win for the Kings in this one because like Tim Shaler's whatever. Like he he's he can he can play in the NHL and he'll you know he'll he'll be fine for for. A team isn't gonna like be a game hitter by any means, but Tyler Madden has is becoming a very legit prospect very quickly, and then these draft picks could end up being very good for the LA Kings. I think that LA now has incredible prospects at center. Like their center depth in the future is gonna be just insane. And Tyler Foley, I know he's having a better year, but he's still not a guy that really thrills me. So this is a trade where I think it's a win for the Kings. Yeah, I agree. It's a win for the Kings, but I wouldn't say it's way up and above for the Kings like you are. Uh, I think Tyler Toffoli just hasn't had the help with L.A. I mean, if we look at the L.A. roster up and down, other than Anze Anze Kopitar and Drew Doughty, who do you have that is going to help Tyler Toffoli offensively? Now, I agree, Tyler Toffoli has really been a shell of himself since the L.A. Cup runs where him and Tanner Pearson were both going off. But I think there is a lot more playmaking in this Vancouver system, and it could work out for Vancouver. I don't think this pushes them over the hump to be a Stanley Cup contender. Uh, I do think they're going to make the playoffs, though, with this move. If Brock Besser, uh, I know we said he's out for the season, but if he somehow makes a miraculous return, say they get to like the second round or something like that, I think this team could do some damage. I, I don't think it puts them over the hump, though. No, but like I agree with that. That's kind of why I say it's like a win for LA because I thought if like my thinking is if they become a team that becomes a legit contender with this, then sure it's fine giving up that value. But like 
I don't think they become a legit contender out of this, where, as you know, we talked about the Penguins and the Lightning, both teams are already legit contenders who have just strengthened. Yeah, for sure. All right, Chase, we now move on to Tuesday, February 18th, and the first trade we will talk about is between the New York Rangers and the Carolina Hurricanes. We got Julian Gauthier going to Carolina for Joey Keane. Uh, no, um, Julian Gauthier is going to New York for Joey Keane. Yes, excuse me, sorry. This this one is interesting to me. I I like Julian Gauthier. I think he's kind of like struggling as a pro for whatever reason. Uh, maybe they'll change the scenery, give him, give him an NHL chance, like more of an NHL chance than Carolina gave him, and he'll be all right. Joe Keane is a, is a solid defensive prospect. Uh, should probably be like a borderline NHL guy one day. He's showing the signs for that. Uh, but, you know, Julio Gauthier was just recently a first-round pick. It was, I feel like he was given up on a little quick. Uh, so hopefully he goes to New York and kind of change scenery helps him. But I think it, like, I don't see it either team really like winning this yeah it's kind of a nothing trade and I hope Julian Gauthier can really re-spark his career over there in New York it'd be really nice to see as you said he was a first round pick and New York they just lost a first round pick in Leas Anderson to uh you know him just not wanting to play for New York so who knows maybe Gauthier can help them with their loss there uh, next up, we talk about the Winnipeg Jets receiving Dylan DeMello from the Ottawa the Ottawa Senators for a 2020 third round pick. See, I think this is like pretty good value for a team that was really starving on defense all year, who still c- could be a playoff team thanks to the you know outstanding play of Connor Hellebuck. So bringing in DeMello, DeMello for not really a ton of value. A third round pick is solid value, but it's not like it, you know a second or a first rounder. So I think this is a trade that works out really well for the Jets and then the Senators just you know they add to their uh draft pile which like really that's what they need at this point so it, it works out both ways yeah I agree with you here and you look at like we talked about with Coleman Zucker uh we'll see here in the second trade we talk about um not this next one, but, you know, the second one we talk about here. Uh, a lot of value has been given up for players, uh, rentals, or, you know, guys that have a little bit longer contracts but really aren't superstars. A lot of value has been given up for those type of players, whereas here Winnipeg only needs to give up a third to help help their defensive depth. Ottawa, you know, they're going to continue to accumulate picks and try to rebuild. So I agree with you here. Uh, a solid trade for both teams. Yeah, definitely. So DeMello will go in and just provide some kind of depth defensive help. He can, like, you, you can trust him in, uh, you know, a fair amount of situations. And if, if he sticks around with the team, he'll, he'll be a pretty cheap help, too, for the, for the next coming years. Most definitely. All right, next we have Brendan Dillon going over to the Washington Capitals. The Capitals are sending back a second-round pick in 2020 and a 2021 conditional third-round pick to the San Jose Sharks. This is a trade that I do like for the Capitals. Uh, I think like Dylan is kind of like almost like the perfect fit for what the Washington Capitals seems to need if they want to try to push for the Cup this year. Just comes in, he play, he plays really sound defense. He, you know, he he's not like he's not horrible offense, but he's not like amazing. You know, five hundred eighty eight career games, he has one hundred fourteen points. So like that's that's solid for you know like a defensive defenseman. Uh, He's going to help out this team big time. I don't I don't think the value is too much at all. Uh, I think this one works out pretty well for both teams at the end of the day because obviously everyone knows where San Jose is right now. Yeah, I agree with you. And 
This Washington Capitals team, not really a team I look at and think, oh man, they really need some help in this area. Uh, I I think they're pretty sound in all three areas of the game. They've got two stellar goaltenders. Alex Ovechkin is lighting up the lamp at an unreal rate once again. Um, And then their defense, you got John Carlson back there commanding the charge and doing all things that he needs to do. So I don't really see them as a team needing much, but I think Brendan Dillon does come in, help them, push them into uh, another chance at a Stanley Cup. Yeah, 100%. All right, next up we move to that second trade I was talking about. A little bit too much value for me on this one. Uh, You have Marco Scandella going over to the St. Louis Blues. Montreal is getting back a 2020 second-round pick and a 2021 conditional fourth-round pick. Yeah, th- this is one where it's 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 quite a bit of, of value, uh, if you ask me. Uh, Marco Scandella, like, like he's he's fine. He, he's he's going to come in. He's going to help out. He's going to be a solid def- defenseman, but he's not really anybody that I love. Uh, so he, like, I was in the off season or no? It was it was earlier this season. He was traded. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure, I, f- I feel like it was longer ago than it was. Um. But no, yeah, it was only earlier this season. It was only earlier in this year, if I'm not mistaken, back in January. Now that I think about it, yeah, so, yeah I just I just found it again. So, Scandella was traded for a 2024th round pick, which eventually uh, became Michael Froelich, and for him to sub- subsequently get traded at the deadline for a second and a conditional fourth, like, that's a lot of value. Yeah, it, it really shows you the increase of value going towards the trade deadline when teams are really trying to make that final push to get pieces into their team to help them win that Stanley Cup. You're giving up an extra second-round pick on top of what the Canadians gave to get Marco Scandella earlier this season. So absolutely crazy, way too much value for me. Uh, a, a lot of players are getting a lot of value back in this off or in this trade deadline. So if you're a team that is selling i think this is the year to sell because you're gonna get a lot of value yeah you gotta feel bad for a team like the red wings though who are just in cap hell and can't really sell like they the only guys they can sell are young players like Anthony ECU. <laughs> you know that, it's too bad for a team like that who this would be the perfect perfect trade deadline for them but nope they're just stuck in hell yeah it's tough for the red wings and they're still sitting bottom of the league right now hoping hoping that they're going to win the lottery and get Alexi Lafreniere. Uh, Next, we move on to today. Today is Wednesday, February 19th. We've had two trades go down thus far, and we'll start off with the Toronto Maple Leafs receiving Dennis Malgin from the Florida Panthers for Mason Marchment. This is, like, it's kind of like, I'm not a a big Mason Marchment fan, so... Yeah, I, I like Dennis Milligan. I think he can be a solid NHL player. This one it was just kind of a situation where Florida's hands were tied. Uh, Milligan's been asking for a trade all season, so he finally gets it. So you kind of you don't really get to recoup the value of a player when they're constantly you know requesting a trade, especially if the teams know about it. So it, you know it is what it is. Like the guy wanted out, they granted him his wish. So maybe he can go to Toronto, help them make the playoffs, or. You know, maybe Toronto misses the playoffs this year because Toronto's kind of falling apart a little bit right now. So that'd be kind of funny. But we'll yeah. see what happens. Yeah, they most definitely are. Uh, yeah, I don't really know how I feel about this trade. I, I agree. I like Melgan better than Marchment. But I don't know if either are going to make a big impact on their teams. So we'll see. Uh, last trade that has happened 
up to when we are recording. Again, this was today. This was between the Vegas Golden Knights and the LA Kings. Vegas receives Alec Martinez, and LA gets a 2020 second round pick and a 2021st or 2021 second round pick. So two second round picks from Vegas. Tremendous trade for both teams. You ask me. I think this. I, I think Alec Martinez is a guy who like stays in Vegas, resigns in Vegas, and then continues on there. He, like so, that's why I think this works out tremendous for them. He's a great defenseman. He instantly becomes one of their best defensemen, if not their best defenseman in my eyes. You know, they've only been around for a few years. Obviously, they've never had a true star defenseman. I know he's not a star defenseman, but he's just a, you know a bigger talent, bigger name that can go in on you know on that defensive back end, play some really sound hockey and. The second round picks for a team like Vegas who wants to stay as relevant as possible, keep contending. It's not the end of the world. Uh, they're still a team that can make playoffs and maybe do like a little more surprise damage because I think their roster is kind of better than how they've been performing this, performing this year. They had to go through a go- coaching change. They've had some struggles. So I think this trade works out very well for both teams. Obviously, L.A. is in a pretty bad situation too, so getting as many prospects and picks that they can works out very well for them. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm going to agree with you again here. I hate doing that so much. Such a loser. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, But, yeah, Alec Martinez, like you said, he's going to come in and help Vegas a lot with the defensive game. L.A. just adds more picks and really what's becoming a true rebuild. I'm just wondering when Drew Doughty and Anze Kopitar are going to be out of there. Yeah, I I feel you. Uh, Want a little fun fact today about Alec Martinez? Sure. I don't know if he knows or not, but yeah, he went to Stony Creek High School, you know, just down the road from us. Yes, I do know that actually. Well, I didn't, I, I didn't know the high school. I did know he was um, from Michigan, though. Yeah, he used to work out with my cousin in high school. Nice. Yeah. So there's fun back today for you. Alrighty, cool. All right, Chase. Let's now move on to some uh, trade deadline talk. I mean, a lot of trades have gone down so far. Uh, I think. There's one big name that has not been shipped out yet that everyone assumes will be getting shipped out. That's Chris Kreider. Um, any doubt in your mind that he's a New York Ranger, or that any doubt in your mind that he is not a New York Ranger by the end of the trade deadline? I honestly don't know. Like I thought I would have heard more rumors and talks picking up at this point, but I really haven't. So it's a little, it's interesting. Like I think. He's more likely than not to get traded, but I wouldn't even be that surprised if they held him and tried to re-sign him because, like, he's a good player and he's still got years, like a lot of years left in, in the NHL, and they can they can probably get him at decent value and he can help you know stick around the team, help with the rebuild. But at the same time, he can get a lot back. Like, just just think get, getting uh, Blake Coleman, like giving up the first and then Nolan Foot. Can you imagine what Chris Kreider is gonna get? Like, it, it's gonna be tremendous value. So. I think New York should trade him, but I honestly wouldn't be that surprised if he doesn't get moved. Yeah, I think teams actually might find it to be a little bit too pricey. I mean, you're looking at Blake Coleman and Jason Zucker, what their markets were. I feel like teams are going to be like, okay, yes, that was a huge market for those two players. Chris Kreider is, or New York's demanding even more for Chris Kreider. That's just not possible. And uh, that wouldn't surprise me. However, I do think Chris Kreider does get moved, um, but we'll have to wait and find out. Chase, let's talk about some other guys here now. Uh, anyone you wanted to point out specifically that you think is a guaranteed lock to be traded? A guaranteed lock to be traded? Oof. I don't know. It's, it's kind of tough. Like, 
if I had to say the guy most likely to be traded in my eyes, I would say that it ends up being Kyle Palmieri from New Jersey. Uh, just, you know, he's he's a forward. He's having a solid year on a, on a bad team. He's still got a year left on his contract, and it's not an overly outrageous price at all. It's under $5 million. Uh, and so the price of defensemen being so high, teams who have already made moves for defensemen are the ones that needed it. Uh, so, who, like, who knows? Like, a guy like Sammy Batten on New Jersey, obviously, is someone who could be traded with an expiring contract coming up. But I feel like just Palmieri is a little more of a realistic get, given that his value is probably be a little lower. Uh, and then he can come in and provide like tremendous help for a cheap salary and like probably still like a considerable value in a trade based on what's been given up so far. But compared to like Sammy Vatnin from the same team, not as much value, you know? Yeah, most definitely. And one name that we see here on the TSN trade bait list that honestly kind of surprises me that he is on the trade bait list is down here at number 27, Anthony D'Angelo. Anthony D'Angelo is having... One of the best, or by far, his best season in his career thus far. He's an RFA, and I think the only way that New York would trade him, honestly, is if someone gives up a ton for him. Because if he's performing this well, they have his rights because they can qualify him. I think they re-sign him. I think it's... I think it'd be kind of dumb to trade away a young defenseman that is having one of his best seasons unless you're getting a ton of value back. Yeah, I don't think he's getting traded. I think he's just he offers way too much offensive upside. It's still such a young age. So I, I think he'll be around for a while. Um, like I get why he's on there because like he could get back quite a big return and the Rangers were team. At first this year, they're like, oh, maybe there's actually a chance that they kind of compete. Then it kind of came to reality. All right, no, the East is too good. They can't really compete this year. Don't know why the hell they signed Artemi Panera into that deal. So I, I think I think he sticks around. I don't I don't think he gets traded. But at the same time, like I wouldn't be like extremely shocked if he was traded. I'd be a little surprised, but I wouldn't be extremely shocked, you know? Yeah, most definitely. And then we gotta keep an eye for sure on teams such as Detroit and Ottawa, who are obviously um, tanking this season. You got Andreas Athanasio. He's right there at number seven on TSN's trade bait list. Jean Gabriel Pajot, He's there. Vladislav Nemesnikov. He's there. You got to look at Anthony Duclair as well. Uh, a lot of names there that could be shipped out for the right price uh, because these teams really are not in any position to win anytime soon. Yeah. No. Uh, absolutely. I I would be surprised if Detroit doesn't make. Any moves at all, I'd be really surprised. Ottawa's made, you know, a couple smaller ones. I, I still think that they should, they probably should trade Peugeot, and it probably will happen. But at the same time, I feel like I've heard enough about it to know if anything's happening or not. Kind of similar to the Kreider thing. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there. With this trade deadline here, Chase, I'm not seeing very big names out there on the block like we have previously. You know, when Mark Stone got traded, what was that, last year or two years ago? Um not many big names are here. I mean, we see Rasmus Ristolainen, but that's not really because uh, Buffalo is dying to trade him, but more because, you know, there's been a little bit of disagreements between the two, him and the front office. The team's not doing as hot as they would like, but really there's not huge names on this list, which is a little bit disappointing. Yeah, you know, I, I got to agree. Like, you want – you obviously want to see a big trade happen because it's more exciting that way. Uh, but like, it, it makes it makes sense. Like, teams don't want to give up their big guys regardless of the position they're in. It just makes the team more marketable. But 
you know, at the end of the day, whatever we can get, I'm happy with. Yeah, for sure. All right, Chase. Episodes one or episode is winding down here. Is there one more guy that you want to talk about that uh, you think could get traded or is likely to get traded or is on the trade block or the trade bait list that you think there's no way in hell that he's going to be out of his current situation? Uh, if if I had to lean, so there there's two things I I want to say. I per, so one thing a guy who's on the trade bait list, um, Mike Hoffman. I think he sticks around in Florida. I think he gets resigned. I don't think he gets traded. I don't I don't know why. That's just kind of the feeling I have. I think they should like they should hold on to a guy like that, especially since they signed Bobrovsky. They're trying to win now, and I know it's not really working out right now. But like, don't give up guys that are going to put you in that position to win. He's a good player, so. I can't see them trading him personally. And then there's another guy who is not on this trade bait list who isn't even really currently in the NHL, but it's a name that I put on here that I want to talk about as a possibility for a team like our Tampa Lightning to get kind of cheap. So I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the, the name Dimitri Askin, former NHL player, uh, draft pick of the St. Louis Blues, uh, played for the Washington Capitals last year. So he put, in, 20, in 17, 18, played for the Blues. In 18, 19, he played for the Caps. Um, he right now this season he's in the KHL. He's playing for Dynamo Moskva through 55 games, 30 goals, 32 assists, 62 points. So he had a huge year in the KHL. There's rumors, you know, he only has a one year deal. Rumors he wants to come back to the NHL. If he's willing to come on for a one year deal at not too much of a price, I think this would be an awesome like playoff push addition for our Tampa Lightning. Like this guy, I I've always liked his talent. I think he is an NHL talent. It just hasn't worked out for him. So this season in Russia hopefully gave him the boost of confidence he needed. He can come over. He can play middle six. He can even play bottom six if you need him to, and you can use him on the power play still anyway. You can use him a penalty kill, and he's going to play a very hard physical game. He's going to go in the night. He's going to score. He's going to work his ass off. So this that's a guy that I, fans need to keep their eye on because I think he'll be back in the NHL this year, and I really hope it's with our Lightning. Yeah, that'd be really cool, actually, to see him come back from you know such a strugglesome start in the NHL. He goes over to the KHL, gets really a reality check, and comes back even stronger, helps the team make a playoff push. That'd be awesome to see. The last guy I want to mention, he's number 50 on TSN's trade bait list. That's Jesse Pugliarvi. I so badly want this dude to get traded. It's not even that I think he'll get traded or that I don't think he'll get traded. I have no idea what the situation is right there. But I so badly want him to get traded because I want to see him playing in the NHL next year, if not, you know, at the end of this season. So I just so badly want to see him get traded. Edmonton, stop wasting him away. I know you're being cheap stakes and being like, oh, we only are going to accept the right value for him or whatever. But no, just trade him. Give him to the Tampa Bay Lightning for a fourth-round pick. We'll all be good. And that's that's all I got to say. I, I Yes, sign me up for that. <laughs> It'd be perfect. Like, honestly, he needs to get traded, though, because he was a fourth overall pick for a reason. Honestly, could have been a top three overall pick, but P.L. Dubois went instead. Um uh, we want to see this dude in the NHL. We want to see him play, and we're not getting that chance because Edmonton is just being foolish. Yeah, it, and it sucks. And I don't, I don't think he gets traded this deadline. I think he's more of an off-season move. Same thing with, with Leah Anderson. So we'll see what happens, though. 
Exactly. So, guys, trade deadline is this Monday, February 24th. Make sure to check it out. Next Thursday, we'll probably do a recap of the trade deadline if there was anything to talk about because, honestly, we've had nine or really ten trades um, in the past week. So, who knows if uh, there's going to be much happening on the trade deadline. Let's hope so, though. All right, Chase, we now move on to a new poll, and then we'll finish it off with hockey name of the day. So, our new poll is involving our Tampa Bay Lightning, of course, and involves the trade deadline. Yeah, so this one's just going to be kind of simple. It'll be a yes or no, and then you kind of respond with your feedback on why you think that. Uh, it should be, you know, should, should the Tampa Bay Lightning make additional moves this deadline? Uh, just, it'll be yes or no. If you think they need to add another forward, say what forward you want and why. Defense, say what do you want and why. Back goalie, say goalie why. You know, what, whatever you think it is, just let us know. If you think they shouldn't make any moves, you know, we'd love to hear why also. So make sure to check that out on our Twitter at Bolts Broadcast. Yep, 100%. And we'll finish it now with hockey name of the day, Chase. Um, so we'll get scrolling down now if you're ready. Oh, I'm ready. All right, cool. So I am scrolled all the way down. We got – that is a name. Wow. Uh, so here we got – Strand Backfat Red Crow? Yes, it is. It is Strand Backfat Red Crow. Also goes by Strand Red Crow, Red Crow in the current league he plays in. So this guy is from the Sixika, uh, like I believe it's called the Sixika Nation, technically is what it is, uh, in Alberta. They're in a native tribe to the Alberta area. Uh, they have a lot of kind of unique names, as a lot of indigenous people do. Uh, right now he's currently playing in the Western States Hockey League, which is a low-level junior league, but still junior hockey. Uh, through 39 games, 19 goals, 17 assists, 36 points, and 120 penalty minutes. So the 5'10", 201-pound, 18-year-olds, you know, kind of a tougher guy who's able to put the puck in the net a little bit. Uh, maybe he can move on to another level of junior next year. Uh, I don't know, though. Who, who knows for sure. But regardless, you know, there's a lot of really unique names from this community in Alberta. If, like, if you go on League Prospects and just – uh, like say you go to this guy's page, just click on his place of birth. It'll show you all the people born in that area. And there's some, there's some pretty unique names. Yeah, most definitely. This is one of the most uniques for sure. Uh, I don't think we've had one this unique on the show yet, but, uh, we have it in this episode. All right, Chase, let's now hit him with an outro. All righty, everybody. As always, want to thank you for listening. If you'd like to check us out on Patreon, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, you can become a patron as little as a dollar. You go up from there, different prize levels at different price points. You know, you get access to exclusive content. You guys subscribing to us gives us the ability to create more content, gives us the drive to do that. So if you do that, we'd really appreciate it. If you can follow us on Twitter at Bolts Broadcast, that is at Bolts Broadcast. That would be the swellest. While you're at it, follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. That is at HockeyPodNet. Make sure to get in on all their giveaways. You might as well. They're free and easy to do. Check out the hockeypodcastnetwork.com. All 31 teams have their podcasts right there. Boom, just click on the podcast. Takes you right to the SoundCloud link. You listen. Nice, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Uh, wherever you're listening, rate us five stars. Leave a comment. You know, ask, send us some questions on Twitter. You can DM us. You can email us. You know, whatever you're thinking. You know, we, we want to hear your guys' feed, feedback, hear what you have to say. Uh, if you have any questions you want us to answer on the pod, we'll happily do that. We'll respond to you on Twitter. Uh, if there's any topics you want us to talk about on the pod, you know, we could possibly do that too. So just let us know what you guys are thinking. Yeah, most definitely be as interactive as you can with us, guys. We would really appreciate that. It makes it a lot more fun for us, hopefully more fun for you guys. Uh, Make sure to go vote in that poll. That's all we have for you guys today. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you later. 